Welcome to the Unusual and Human Experience podcast, where we explore a mystery that has many faces and interacts with humanity all over the globe. Here, we talk about the unusual, ancient, and contemporary. If you are curious about near-death and out-of-body experiences, encounters with UFOs, events of the paranormal, or even strange esoteric experiences, the Unusual and Human Experience podcast is for you. Host Kevin Keyless, a psychotherapist by trade, provides insightful conversations, sometimes with guest speakers familiar with the topic at hand. This podcast is educational and inspirational, its contents representing only the opinion of the host and, when applicable, his guest. Kevin is the author of three books, Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom, Last Breath Awareness, and Spiritual Care to Elderly and Dying Loved Ones and the founder of Conversing with Death, an existential training on last breath awareness. For more about his services, go to bodymindmetaphor.com. And now your host, Kevin Keyless. Does the name J. Allen Hynek ring a bell? What about Dr. Johnny Mack or Leslie Keen? They should if you have a vested interest in the subject of UFOs. And that's where we're going today on this episode. What exactly is a UFO? Strictly speaking, a UFO is something that cannot be identified after reasonable scrutiny. But it's not the same as assuming an alien spacecraft. Now, such reports of UFOs have mounted over time with a percentage remaining unexplained. Enough for experts in the field to conclude in the affirmative. Yes, UFOs exist. People like Luis Elizondo, former intelligence officer for the Department of Defense. Now, some reports go further than a simple sighting. Take some 60 students in Zimbabwe who witnessed a UFO and a shadowy figure in September of 1994. Such a report pushes the question to something more than just an unidentified flying object. That of intelligence. A group of people, in this case some 60 children during recess one morning, witnessed an account that has not to my knowledge yet been explained naturally. And the idea of adults making statements such as, I wasn't there, or that children have an imagination, you know, begs the question. As if that is not enough, some reports of UFOs seem to contain subjective but apparently common patterns of experience. Some talk about downloads and telepathic communications by supposedly intelligent beings to the eyewitnesses. And then there is the more controversial category of experience known as abduction, which is hardest to verify if we rely solely on the scientific method that dominates our country today and ignore other epistemological approaches and methodologies to measure what we believe could be other dimensions. As a psychotherapist, the client's narrative is of importance to me. Standard mental competence ranks supreme in any assessment, and that is an obvious. However, once cleared, I am obligated to understand the realities in the room. 
both the client's and mine. And this can be a messy task, but nevertheless, it's one that's necessary. If we are frank, not all realities or worldviews that we hold to are based upon just what we see and hear or what can be replicated. Belief in God, angels, or even aliens have at best inferences that they exist. Take, for example, creation. A look at such design, for instance, may imply that some supreme being exists. Likewise, the presence of a UFO suggests something or someone of intelligence is behind it. And whether I as a professional believe in God, angels, or aliens is irrelevant. And since existence and everything that goes on within the context of existence is so complex, I should juggle these and other realities in order to understand them. We can't just live by one epistemological approach or one method by which we measure what is real and what is not. We need ways of seeing reality that will lead us to a better understanding of all that's out there especially the things that cannot fit our familiar way of knowing. However, in this episode, I want to do something different. I don't want to carry on with further didactic. I want to entertain common sufferings that eyewitnesses go through as a result of their experience or encounter with a UFO. Only I want to do it in story form, a mini-series, if you will. And the story you're about to hear is fictitious and doesn't represent anyone, but it involves two men, Fred and Josh. Fred is an older fella, 69 to be exact, and with a few growing health problems. He's lived some 20 years in a rural part of Georgia. The mountains covered by trees and in the fall those colorful leaves just descending onto the ground along with a soft periodic wave or two of a cool breeze. His neighbor, Josh, is new to the area but comes with a story that could shock Fred. The story begins on Fred's back porch one sunny morning. Coffee is a traditional thing for Fred, all the more when having a guest. This time it happens to be the new kid on the block, Josh, whose years up north might make him a bit stiff when it comes to southern etiquettes. Well, have a seat there, won't you? Thanks, how are you? Fine as fine can be, what about yourself? Josh shakes his head. I'm still handling those boxes. It'll be there when you get back. Grab yourself some coffee in that kitchen. You sure? Make yourself at home. Fred remains in his old squeaky rocking chair awaiting Josh's return. Thanks, Fred. That's what neighbor's for. Fred, what did you do again for a living? They used to call me a shrink, but these days they've polished things up a bit. You mean like a counselor who listens to people? You can say that. What about yourself? I do contract work and work on houses. Well, how about that? I could have used you a few months ago. This roof's been giving me problems. Well, if I can help, Fred, just let me know. Is that your wife I saw the other day out there in the front of the house? Yeah. What does she do? 
She's a teacher, Josh replies. Ah, we need people like her. She loves it. She takes it seriously, you know. That I do. Any kids? Not so far, but we're trying. That's all you can do. The rest you leave it to the Lord. Sometimes the two pause to sip their coffee while looking at the leaves transforming themselves slowly and feeling the knock of the invisible wind. Fred initiates another conversation. You know, we here in the woods sometimes entertain ourselves with stories. It's tradition, you see. Have you have one to share? Not really, Josh, not used to this sort of invite. I'm sure you do. Look hard. Josh pauses as he wrestles first to find something. Then he wrestles to decide if he should open up a most kept secret. After all, perhaps it is the nice way to repay Fred. Well, I once saw a UFO. I, Fred in his southern draw. I mean, I really saw a UFO or something like that. What you mean? Well, one night I was alone at home. Looked a little like this, you know, woods and what have you. And then my TV and power went out. Uh-huh. I didn't see any bad weather, so I used my iPhone as a flashlight. Those things can do that, Fred replies. I started looking around. When I stepped out, I saw something in the air, not moving and no noise. The strangest thing. I stood there for what seemed to be a couple of minutes. But when I went back into the house and looked at the clock on my phone, it was some two hours later and the TV was on. Well, I'll be. When Sarah came home, Sarah, your wife, Fred interrupts. Yeah, when she got home, I told her what I saw. What'd she think? Sarah is not someone who believes in things so easily, but she listened nevertheless. Did you ever see that thing again? No, never. But I keep seeing it as if it was yesterday, in my head, that is. Did you report it to someone? No, but I've been searching the internet. Good luck with that here. Josh doesn't know if he should stop, but with more time on their hands on the weekend, he continues. Ever since that time, I've had some weird thoughts. Like we need to take care of the environment. Like we're hurting ourselves by not taking care of the land we live in. And that's all true, Fred nods. But I didn't used to think so hard on these things, Fred. Sometimes... It feels so consuming, like I need to tell people. Well, that wouldn't hurt either. Sarah says the same thing, but the rest of my family, they're thinking, what's gotten into this guy? Has something gotten into you? I don't know, but it gets in the way of things, you know? Even Sarah and me. What you mean? It's like I keep thinking about it. Sarah's like wondering if there's anything else besides environment. Fred chuckles. And this has been since you saw that UFO? Yeah. Josh feels embarrassed as he admits this. Well, tell her. Or does she know? 
I don't push it anymore. She already thinks I'm a bit off with this thing. Well, that puts you in a lonely place. Do you plan to tell anybody about this? Just you for now. And don't say anything to Sarah if she happens to walk by. Scout's honor. By this time, both have had their serving of coffee, and Josh has to run. You come back again now, Fred invites quickly. Sure, Josh with a sort of happy look like he found a friend. Next Saturday is fine with me, Josh. All right, deal. Fred turns towards the sliding door, leaving his Savinelli pipe behind. Bring your pen, bring your broom, brings together two healing communities, the psychotherapist and the witchy at heart. Only you'll be lucky to find them anywhere in the same room. The therapist easily misunderstands and labels the mystic, who in turn worries she'll be labeled crazy. But what happens when the esoteric practitioner seeks mental and emotional support to balance her often strange but sacred practice? This concise text guides the therapist to correct his miscalculations by dismantling those dormant stereotypes. The professional paves the way to offer necessary wisdom and skills to manage trauma, clinical depression and anxiety, the very things that can threaten the esoteric practitioner. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom also supplies the potential client with direction on how to effectively use therapy to prevent emotional unsteadiness while exercising those slippery rituals. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom, now on Amazon in hardcover and paperback. The following Saturday, Josh couldn't stop by, so two weeks later on a partly cloudy morning, he walks to the back and finds Fred sitting and humming. Well, hello there, Fred. Well, look who's stopping by. Go get yourself some coffee and come sit for a while. Josh does as he says, adds a little milk and sugar. He still hears Fred humming. What's that you're singing, Fred? As Josh sits down. Some old song I used to play. Something romantic? Maybe. I'd sing to her every day if I could. What do you mean? Fred looks down. My beloved died a little over a year ago. I'm sorry to hear that, Fred. Me too. Now let's pick up from where we left off. You mean my UFO story? By the way, what did you think happened between the time you stepped out of that house and came back in? I don't really know. Nothing? Not that I can think of, Josh grows cautious. Well, are you curious? Yeah, always curious. Ever since I find myself drawn to the topic and my mind sometimes dreams about being in a white room, like I'm lying down or something. Huh. Any connection, you think? I don't know, maybe. I watched Star Trek too much in my youth, Josh laughs. I like that show, too. Where did I leave off the last time I was here, Fred? Lonely? You got a good memory there, Fred smiles. I wish I could talk to Sarah and my family. What keeps you? 
They think I'm crazy, especially my father, the engineer. I could see that. But not because I think you're crazy. I appreciate it, Fred. Go back to Sarah for a moment. She doesn't get into this UFO stuff. If I tell her everything that's in my head right now, she would be even more worried. So where does that leave you? Alone? And what happens next? I get down a bit. Well, does she notice that? Yeah, Josh looks down. And when we want to spend time together, I'm sort of just not there, not connecting. Well, sounds like she already has something to worry about. I know, I know. Josh sounds defeated. I've done some work with people who report UFOs, by the way. No shit, Josh perks up. Really? Sure thing. What are the chances of something like this happening? A counselor, retired, and knows about UFOs. Damn. So what do you recommend, Fred? Well, I'm a big fan of talking about it to people you feel safe with. I wish I could. But you don't. Not because Sarah isn't safe. You're just afraid. A little different from sharing it with someone on the street or your boss, Fred laughs. True, but this silent stuff is killing me, man. Go on. I'm downright angry. I had no control to what happened that night. I used to be outgoing and talk so much to Sarah, so much so that she would whisper in my ear, Shh. Josh finds a moment to smile. Out of control? Yeah. Did I ask for this? Whatever happened to me? No. Crazy. So much is beyond our control, Fred adds. I couldn't stop Melinda's cancer. I hear you. Sometimes what is beyond our control mysteriously turns out to be helpful. I don't know how you can say that, Fred. I don't either, but I've seen it many a times. But how can I get Sarah on board? What you mean? Her to see it my way. Well, that's the trick, Fred interjects. I don't think it's fair to expect her or anybody else to believe in what happened. You're just looking for someone to be supportive, right? Good point. Sometimes people have strange experiences, and then they demand that the world believe them. That's their work. But that shouldn't stop you from telling those who love you. Fred, you're good. Fred lights his pipe. You know that's not good for you, Josh chuckles. Oh, really? And who said that? The FDA? Fred laughs, while Josh's face looks like he has a little more life. Ever hear of George Burns? No, Josh says. I didn't think so, but George apparently outlived his doctor. He always had his cigar in his hand and lived to, what, 99? Can't argue with that. Fred pauses and looks out into the woods with pipe in hand. I even remember my grandma rolling her cigars. She was a master at it and lived into her 90s. A lot better than many today who get into all sorts of diets and gyms, wouldn't you say? 
I hear you. I better go, Fred. Things to get done today. So next Saturday? Next Saturday it is, Josh replies as he walks away, thinking how nice it is to have a friendly neighbor. The following Saturday proves a bit windy and wet. Fred and Josh meet inside. Fred, how long have you been living here? Gosh, some 20 years. Is that your wife? That's her. I met her back, what was it? We were married about 50 years. You must be lonely, Fred. That I am. But you know what that's like. But not like that, Josh adds. So where were we? Fred pulls Josh back into his story as he points to the sofa chair. Okay. Refresh my mind this time, Fred says. I told Sarah we'd been talking. And she asked what we were talking about. So I told her. And she was curious but concerned. What you think would give her ease of mind? She wants me to see a counselor, the two laugh. Did you tell her I used to be one of those? No. The moment she gets concerned, I get angry. I just want to scream. I'm not crazy. You're not, Fred adds. But you may want to ask her, what would ease your mind, hun? See a shrink? Here we go. No, no, I mean a psychiatrist. Well, do it. Where will that get me, Fred? It doesn't hurt to rule out any concerns, son. And if you get a clean bill of health, you'll be at a better place to state your case. What if they find something? Like what? I don't know. Take one step at a time, son. If Josh had any reservations left, Fred calling him son melted them away. You know of anyone, Fred? That I do, but he's expensive and doesn't take insurance. I'll do it if you think that's the thing to do. Don't do it because I said so. I know. I want to, Josh reassures Fred. I'll set up something this week. Fred gets up and looks at his address book, turning page after page slowly. There it is. He picks up his pen and writes down the number. Here you go. Thanks, Fred. But try to do it sooner than later. He's a busy man. I will. Jumping several weeks later and after the appointment, Josh walks up to the back porch. Hi there, Fred. How are you? Well, I've got some news. Let me get some coffee first. Well, make yourself at home, son. Josh smiles as he heads for the refrigerator. Fred yells, warm that coffee a little, might be cold. Josh finds Fred more like a dad now. I will, he adds. After a few minutes, Josh balances his cup while he sits. 
Well, what'd you learn? The doctor thinks I'm a little depressed. Okay. Why is that okay? Sarah now thinks I'm crazy. Josh, there are many people who have depression and are very productive in life. But he gave me some medication. And Sarah thinks this will take away all that stuff we've been talking about. Well, she's going to have to educate herself, Josh. Depression is common and can run in the family. I always wondered about my mom. Your depression had nothing to do with your experience. In my years, I can't recall hardly anybody with depression talking about UFOs. That's good to know. Did you tell him about your experience? God, no, Josh rushes to say. He and I go a long way. He knows about this stuff. May not believe in everything he hears, but he has been kind to my clients who come to talk to him about these strange phenomenons. Wish I would have known that. We'll pick up on this conversation between Fred and Josh next week, and we'll also listen in to a surprise guest to hear what she has to say. Body-Mind Metaphor offers traditional psychotherapy to adults seeking to recover from trauma and to manage depression and anxiety. Now with a unique and necessary twist, it provides these same interventions to individuals who have experienced unusual phenomena, such as a near-death experience, an encounter with a UFO, some mystical or esoteric transformation that proved distressful, or a paranormal event. Many who meet up with a strange experience often remain silent, sometimes for years, for fear of being ridiculed or thought of as crazy. This isolation only inflames mental and emotional symptoms. It is therefore imperative that mental health professionals provide that safe space for clients to explore these experiences and integrate them into our lives. Body-Mind Metaphor delivers just that, by using talk therapy, hypnotherapy, and other therapeutic modalities. Remember, you are not alone, and you don't have to be. For more information, visit us at bodymindmetaphor.com. 